Well, the Preds' practices get a little spicy as the Preds try to turn around this early season slide. Plus, John Hines breaks out the line blender on defense. We'll debate whether or not we think those changes work. And it's Western Conference Wednesday. We'll tell you some of the Western Conference teams that have surprised Ann and I so far. That's today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free Nashville Predators podcast that's available on all platforms and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. All right. First question, Ann. Yes. Uh, do we think that massive new Titan Stadium is going to have a rendering of a winter classic or a stadium game right in I the think middle it- of the field sometime? Like, if you really want to know what that's going to look like, stick an ice ring in it. Because that was, the stadium series was so incredible. And if you are going to build a new stadium like that, slap an ice rink in the center of it and make everybody in Nashville happy. The only concern I have for that, Mm -hmm. uh, and one of our listeners brought this up, is everything we've seen so far says permanent roof. Uh, So maybe that doesn't bode well for an outdoor hockey game. But that would stink. Come on. Like it, it's at this point, just put the retractable roof on it. What's, what's it going to hurt? What's another 10, 15 bucks? I mean, yeah. at some point, just, just upgrade. I agree. It, it needs to be stadium series. Yeah. It needs to be stadium series ready for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's I mean, a waste. I guess, had, I guess you got Nashville SC down the road. and Oh, that's true. I guess first horizon park. Or first Tennessee Park, whatever. Yeah, that's maybe maybe we'll just stick with Nashville SC. <laughs> yeah, because theirs is pretty nice. I mean, that's not a it that's is, not a it is, it that's is not a, a dump. No, definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what we're out of transition out of that. We love the Nashville sounds. Uh, we do the stadium too. <laughs> it is a nice stadium. It really is a nice stadium. Yeah, it yeah. just it's. I don't think a baseball stadium is like NHL stadium series what you're looking for. Well, I mean, they've had Wrigley Field. They've had... Did they really? Yeah, they've had uh, Fenway. They had the Phillies ballpark. That was it like... Would, it was it like the, the early days of the Winter Classic. Uh, they, like, went all in on doing it at, like, baseball stadiums, like historic baseball stadiums. Oh. See, I would not like that because I just don't think it would fit in a way that would be pleasing to me aesthetically. I, I feel... Yeah, I feel like it would have been, uh, like the sight lines would have been bad. Like they like a game at Wrigley, the atmosphere would be so wild. Yeah. Say like, Oh, how often are you going to get to see like a hockey game at Wrigley? Very From, like, true. A viewing experience. Like if you're there, I feel like there are so many like parts where it's just like, you see nothing, but like the banners in front of you. I feel like that would yeah. make it hard, but yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. I think we should just keep the stadium series in Nashville in the new stadium. Like look, problem solved. Yeah, let's. We don't have to make this more complicated than it is. Shell over twenty extra million dollars, get the retractable roof, and everybody can be happy. Or just carve a hole. 
Fact. It's like a jack-o'-lantern. Like you can put that back on. Like, <laughs> That's like true. A little handle on top of the the Whole Foods looking stadium and just rip that right off. Yeah, there's enough cranes in Nashville could just swing right over there and I was gonna say pull it right off. There's like five on every block nowadays. So I know. Um, hey, speaking of, speaking of major reconstruction, the Nashville Predators start. Uh, his, uh, seems like it's gotten worse since you and I have lot last uh, graced this podcast together. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, a, a pretty bad third period blown game to the Blue Jackets. Uh, another fine but not fine enough performance against the Flyers. And now it seems like John Hines is going to the old trusty shake some things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, big report yesterday from Robbie Stanley uh, was that the Predators are changing the defensive line pairings. It is going to be Yossi and Fabro together. It is going to be Eckholm and Carrier together. And then Ryan McDonough bumps down to the third pairing with Jeremy Lazan. Uh, and your first reaction to the news that the Preds are switching things up on defense. Uh, first reaction is always nerves because like, I, I just have a visceral reaction to any sort of line blending left over from the Peter Laviolette days. So just my, on a cellular level, I feel a little panicky. But when you step back and look at this, it, you know, I do understand it. I think defensively, it's been a it's been a bit of a struggle defensively. And I also think it's a huge ask. I think the Echo McDonough pairing is, you know, has potential to be fantastic. I mean, we and we've talked about this. You know, they could be just such a fantastic shutdown defensive pairing, but it's a big ask to get that to work as quickly as the Predators need it to work. And I think had they not started out on such a rough stretch, maybe they would let it kind of ride a little bit longer. But, you know, at some point you gotta, you gotta kind of get some wins under your belt before you can continue the, you know, experiment. So for me, it's not a huge panic when I think about it. Um, and I, and I like, you know, I like the pairing sign. I will say I like Carrier with Yossi, but that's just a personal preference thing. So Fabro, and I think Fabro's looked really good this season. Yeah. I think Dante Fabro has had a great start to this season. So, you know, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Cause I don't know. Well, it's I think important it's... to note those top two lines aren't exactly an experiment. Those were for, right. for many parts of last year, the pairings. Yeah. Now you had Fabro with Yossi and you had Carrier with Ekholm and you got some good mileage out of that. We talked about, remember when Dante Fabro went down, we talked about how it looked like Roman Yossi defensively kind of took a little bit of a step back a little bit. Or just mm-hmm. that that pairing didn't look as strong. We talked about Dante Fabro kind of being the glue guy on that. Yes. And I think that's they're trying to bring back kind of that old spark, you know. Um, Alexander Carrier is a very good two-way player. Um, and Dante Fabro's, you know, a very good skater, but he's more of a uh, like a more of a stay-at-home defenseman, clear the front of the net, do the kind of the gritty defensive work. And I think that's good for somebody like Roman Yossi because you want Roman Yossi to kind of be that guy he was last year where he's jumping into the play, he's aggressive with the puck. And I think uh, having somebody like Dante Fabro, who, like you said, has had a really strong start to the mm-hmm. season – I think that lets Roman Yossi have a little bit more confidence to do that. 
That's not that's not saying anything against Alexander Carrier either, because Alexander Carrier, as we've mentioned before, is another very good defenseman. It just seems like the style for that he wants to play maybe works a little bit better with Matthias Ekholm as a partner than it does Roman Yossi. Yeah. Um, the the interesting one is going to be McDonough on that bottom pair for me, and because that's kind of the X factor. Not really seen as a devotion because McDonough's played really well. I think it's more of a help Jeremy Lazan kind of thing because I don't think yeah. Jeremy Lazan is quite where the Predators wanted them to be this season. Yeah. How much of this do you think is um, trying to ad- address defensive need and defensive kind of uh, kind of smooth things out defensively? And how much do you think is let's get Roman Yossi going? I think it's a mix of both. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. got to be, right? I would think so. I think it's going to benefit both. I I just wonder how concerned is John Hines, like, you know, about Roman Yossi just having such a slow start. But, you know, I, I like I like this. I, I don't think that this is one of those outrageous, let's throw everything at the wall and see what sticks kind of moves. I think, you know, oh. as you look at it and as you break it down, it makes good sense. So let's, you know, let's, let's make a few adjustments and see what happens. It's just, I think everybody in Nashville just has this visceral reaction to seeing the line switched up. Like, you know, the game against Philly when the lines were, were tinkled with a little bit, it was like, you know, the sky is falling. No, it's okay. Like the herd line, they're not whoobies. Like they actually can be separated. You say the lines have been tinkled with? Tinkled with. Tinkered. Tinkled with. It's, it could be either one. Isn't tinkle to pee? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's people that think John Hines is doing that, but but also you talk about can't you? Well, well, we can. We'll I'll we'll dig into this maybe off the podcast. <laughs> is this going to be a special <laughs> locked on predators edition? The thesaurus edition. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, to me, this isn't one of those things that I, I think we're just like panicking when Peter Laviolette pulled out the line blender. Yes. It would be like we'd go on a three-game winning streak and then one loss and the line blender, and then it, yes. would, it would make everything so much worse. Right. Uh, I think this is more of a, a John Hines being like, you know what, we've given this two weeks now, not really where we thought we needed to be. we got to switch something up. Yes. Um, interesting question which I'm going to get to uh, after this, after this break, is do you think the roster itself is going to go undergo some shakeups here in a little bit, maybe with some AHL people? Kind of want to get your take on that. That came up a lot in the, uh, the, the hot take segment we did yesterday, but I want to get your take on that. So we'll do that in just a second. But first, I want to mention today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting on football and the start of the new basketball season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every single game out there. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, live betting, up to minute scores, lines, props, odds, all that good stuff for every sport out there. Not only uh, basketball and football, but we got NHL in full swing. We got Major League Baseball playoffs in full swing. The World Series is set. Also, stuff on MMA, boxing, golf, and soccer. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
All right, Ant. So, we, you know, we're talking about John Hines putting his uh, defense through the line blunder. Uh, it seems like there's also some offense stuff that needs to tweak. We saw him kind of tweak personnel on Saturday, you know, moving um, um, Tan- or Yakov Trennan up to the second line, moving Cole Smith to the third line, kind of shaking up the look at that fourth line. Um, what is your thought? How much longer does this kind of anemic offensive spell need to go among the depth players before we see John Hines and David Poyle go, you know what? We maybe have to reevaluate the players on the roster. Maybe we need to dip our hands back into that AHL cookie jar. That's such a great question. I think there was enough improvement offensively because of the little tweaking that they did against Philadelphia that maybe it delayed that. But I do think at some point there that is going to happen. It feels almost inevitable because I think what they envisioned for that third line, fourth line, what they envisioned happening with the bottom six hasn't come together necessarily like they saw it maybe potentially coming together in training camp and beginning of the season. So I wouldn't be super shocked. I think it's going to ride a little bit longer. I really do. I think they're going to let it ride a little bit longer. But I think that there are some good options in um, in Milwaukee. And I'm not thinking it's going to be maybe Phil Tomasino right out of the hat. I think there may be somebody else they might bring up before they bring up Tomasino, which I think may ruffle some feathers among the Nashville fan base. But I think... There, there's some good potential down there that they that they may reach for. I think it's going to be a little bit longer, but I do think that at some point, unless something dramatic changes and suddenly things start clicking in the bottom six, I think that is something that's going to be inevitable. Yeah, I mean, maybe you mentioned guys that maybe get called up before Tomasino. Yuso Parsonen seems like yep. a candidate for that. Yeah, um, Tommy Novak is still kind of hanging around out there. That's a guy that the Preds have gone to before and seem to like. Um, so, I mean, it, it feels like there may be some kind of shakeup going on if things don't go right. But I think, you know, they're, they're going to try to get everybody that they have on that roster going right now. But, yeah. you know, this isn't like, you know, David Poyle could sell him being a little bit slower with guys last year is, oh, maybe, you know, we don't want to go all in yet. You know, we just didn't have the roster to go in. You know, you spent a lot of money to bring Philip Forsberg back. You spent a lot of money on Nino Niederreiter and a lot of capital on uh, Ryan McDonough. You're going for it now. So yes. you have to let the best players play at some point. And look, I like I, I mentioned this on Monday's show. I totally understand, you know, like Kiefer Sherwood earning his spot on the team. I totally understand Cole Smith earning his spot on the team. But and, and I understand you want Phil Tomasino to play more consistent minutes in the AHL, and maybe he just wasn't where he needed to be to get an NHL job. But I feel like this season for the Nashville Predators, if we get a little bit deeper and we're still having the depth conversations, you gotta have your best players play, mm-hmm. and you gotta be you gotta be willing to pull that trigger and maybe. Ev- ev- elevate some guys that you weren't necessarily ready to elevate just to see if they can get going. I think you have to do that again. I agree with you. I don't think we're there yet, but I think that may be something the Preds have to go to down the line. If this doesn't turn around. 
Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And I think that the Predators roster got better this offseason. And I agree with you because they did what they did. They're going to have to throw it. They're going to have to throw it all on the ice. And, you know, John Hines was very upfront about the fact that, you know, Phil Tomasino maybe wouldn't have gotten as much ice time, wouldn't have had necessarily the NHL experience last season if they had more depth. Well, they're kind of tinkering with the depth. And I think at some point with what they did in the offseason, the investment they made financially, I think the investment they made to improve this roster, they're going to want to put, like you said, their best players on the ice. And if they don't have them now in Nashville, I think eventually they're going to bring them to Nashville because they've got to see what they really have. And if this continues the way it is, like if they're still struggling just with the depth pieces, I think they're going to have to make some changes, which I find interesting because I don't necessarily think it's the depth pieces that are the problem with the Nashville Predators right now. Yeah. And we, we mentioned this uh, on Monday's show. There are a lot of problems beyond just the depth guys. Like Cole yes. Smith and Kiefer Sherwood aren't the, aren't the reason the Predators they're are not the problem. losing games right now. Right. They're um, not the problem. Well, let's talk about the current Preds because um, the consensus from the media members who were watching yesterday's practice at Centennial Sportsplex, uh, which was the first one after what sounded like two days off, is that yesterday's practice was a particularly intense one for this point of the regular season. Uh, Emma Lingen, the Preds' new uh, beat reporter, said uh, called it spicy, posted a video of a lot of physicality. Robbie Stanley said uh, it was Definitely intense, a little physical, not, you know, the normal kind of joking around. So it seems like the Predators are, um, at least you you can't say they're not angry. You can't say they're not unmotivated. And, you know, I mentioned this uh, in a piece for On the Forecheck today, and it seems like, you know, with John Hines kind of switching things up on the defensive side, there may be chances for competition on that offensive side to switch things around, too. Maybe some guys who are playing fewer minutes, maybe trying to earn some more minutes. Uh, Maybe some of those, you know, bottom line guys that we talked about a second, maybe they're fighting for spots altogether. Yes. Yeah. And that's one of the things where, you know, you can like John Hines or not, not like John Hines. And I think you can tell pretty easily in, in the fan base who is in which camp, but John Hines is very upfront about, if you want more playing time, you have to earn it. Like this is, this is not a, uh, your name gets you playing time. This is your production gets you playing time. You know, what you put in gets you playing time. And I think that right now where the predators are at, that's a hundred percent where it needs to be. And he is going to, you know, he is willing to make some moves. I know on the Saturday game, he bumped Yakov Trenin up to play with Nino Niederreiter and Joe Hansen. And a lot of people were like, you can't break up the herd line. And it doesn't, you know, you kind of have that moment of like, you can't break up the herd line. They're, they're besties. But it makes good sense when they kind of explain the logic behind it. So I think John Hines is willing to make some decisions that maybe make players a little uncomfortable, maybe make fans kind of go, what? Because he really is very clear about, you know, there's no ambiguity about what gets you more ice time and what gets you less ice time with John Hines. And so I think that's good. And I think you see that, you know, in the practice talking about yesterday, the intensity, none of these players are having a great time on a five game losing streak. 
you know, none of them are are pleased with how this is going. And so they're going to go all in. John Hines is going to, you know, John Hines is going to be able to get this going in amongst the teammates. Now, the execution on the ice, you know, he cannot, you know, he's not allowed to go out there and skate. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I like that there is a raised intensity. I like that Ryan Johansson said, look, we just got to put on our work boots and do the work. Yeah, you do. You just have to go out there and do the work. So I, I like what we saw yesterday. I like what we're hearing. I think it makes people a little uncomfortable because John Hines is going to John Hines. But, you know, you put your players who are playing the best on the ice for the most time. Mm. So we'll, you know, we'll see how it sorts out. Yeah. Well, hopefully they get sorted out because they got St. Louis tomorrow. Oh, gosh. Washington at home. Yeah. Uh, and then the two games after that are Edmonton and Calgary. So the Preds are going to have a very short lease, it seems like. Yes, they are. So we're going to dive into some other teams in the Western Conference who may be in similar situations to the Nashville Predators. We're going to talk about who are the surprises, both positive and negative for us in the Western Conference in just a minute. But first, want to thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen today. For your second listen, you need to go check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest games all across sports you get to go beyond the scoreboard behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only locked on can provide you want to check out again locked on sports today it is available on this app it's available on youtube and it is available wherever you get your podcasts also want to mention today's show brought to you by a simply safe the numbers don't lie in the last decade over 4 million people have chosen simply safe home security to protect their home you don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right at simply safe your safety is the only thing that matters i know because i use simply safe in my own little bachelor pad here they protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back i love the 24 7 professional monitoring agents because they call you the minute a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency even if you're not home or can't be reached so you always have that layer of security behind you ready to go if you need it. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HG security cameras for inside and outside your home. Smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real. And even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm whether a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. You can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Again, visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, Ann. It's Wednesday, which means it's time for a Western Conference Wednesday. We haven't done one of these bad boys in a while, have we? Uh, no. It's been a hot minute since last season. Uh, so basically what we're going to do is we're going to talk about surprises 
in the Western Conference. Uh, teams that are good, that we thought were going to be bad, or vice versa, maybe a couple of players that have stood out so far. So, Anne, let's start with you. Who's a surprise in the Western Conference so far? So my first surprise is the Dallas Stars. Not because they yeah, have, ex- you know, just because we went into the, you know, we went into the season and I just think there were like, n- nobody was really talking about the Dallas Stars. They were just one of those teams that was kind of going to be in the messy middle of the Central Division. And all of the sudden, like, what is happening? Uh, you weren't sure what you were going to get. It, th- this was the box of chocolates of the of the western conference and you know they have a new coach and so you kind of think okay there's going to be this transition time when they're trying to figure out what's happening and all that and instead what you have is you have you know 857 year old joe pavelski with seven points he's on this line with rupe hints and jason robertson that is just out of the gate, clicking and cranking out points. They have eight goals, 13 assists, seven games. They signed Mason Marchment. So you bring in a new guy, you think, well, how is he going to do? Oh, my gosh. You know, he just has jumped in and done well. And then the goaltending. I mean, Nashville Predators fans can attest to the fact that Jake Ottinger is the walrus from the Geico commercial in net where you just cannot get a puck past him. He is having such a great season. Um, His backup, Scott Wedgwood, not too shabby either. So Dallas really has knocked my socks off and it's hard for me to give credit to the stars, but they really have had an out of the gate, explosive, strong performance. And what's the most frustrating to me is that the Dallas stars are everything I thought the Nashville Predators could be at this point in the season and aren't. That's, I think, the kicker there. Also, you mentioned yeah. uh, you mentioned Jake Oninger, nine fifty three save percentage, and, insane. Uh, yeah, in in uh, just five games so far this year, he has faced uh, one hundred fifty shots, have only let in at seven goals. The man is a monster right now. Beast, incredible. Yeah, yeah. and I. <laughs> Well, first off, I feel like one of your surprises should be the Nashville Predators <laughs> expected uh, to have this bad of a start to the season, as you mentioned. Uh, but in the same vein, and one of my surprises in a bad way mm-hmm. is the Vancouver Canucks, who oh, as gosh, of this yes. podcast have yet to win a game this season. 0-5-2. Uh, they're the only team in the NHL that doesn't have something in the win column. But the reason this is a surprise, Anne, was because if you remember last year, Vancouver was the hottest team in the NHL at the season's end. You know, they had all this talent before. Uh, you know, they fired Jim Benning, which was way overdue. They fired Travis Green, their head coach. And it just seemed like when Bruce Pedreau came in there and Patrick Alvin came in there with kind of this new, uh, you know, younger, you know, more diverse kind of staff, everybody was like, okay, we like what the Canucks are doing. And so I think everybody was kind of thinking, yeah, that the Canucks are going to be fun this year. They finally figured out a way to unlock all of this talent they have. Uh, and it's been an absolute train wreck. Oh, gosh. 100% absolute train wreck. Um, and a lot of it is goaltending. I mean, there's a lot of issues mm-hmm. out of that. But Thatcher Demko, who had the reputation as one of the best goaltenders in the NHL, uh, in six games this year, 
4.06 goals against average, 8.72 save percentage. So not only is he not where everybody thought he was going to be, but he is playing at a level that it actually seems like it is actively costing the Canucks games. Yeah, this is a painful one to watch. Um, And look, what makes it worse is watching the Canucks, some of the Canucks fans. Like, it's been a whole thing. They're booing the team off the ice. They're throwing their jerseys on the ice. There was one fan that thought that he was going to change everything for the Canucks by burning his jersey on the grill. That's going to tell them. That's going to show that leadership group exactly what they need to do. (laughs) Take that, fanatics. I mean... So, but this is a rough one because really you look at their roster and it's like they they have some talent there. It's yeah. they just not getting it. It's just not getting off the ground. Like this is the Wright brothers playing before they made those last fixes. Like it's just it's not it's not launched yet. You know, like yeah. it's you know. You're like, last... oh, this is why we're crashing. That yes. Yeah. So at some point, this is you know this is going to get off of the ground. I think. I just think. At some point, it's going to get off the ground. But, of course, that is what Nashville Predators fans are saying, too. So we'll see. But, yeah, the Canucks no, did not see that coming. Did no. not see that coming. No. How, how about a positive surprise, Anne, from me? Mm-hmm. Um, did you – bef- okay, before the season started, if I told you that two and a half weeks in, the Chicago Blackhawks – would be one point off the division lead with a game in hand of both teams <laughs> ahead of them. What would you have said? I would have thought you were hitting the fireball again, straight up. Yeah, I mean, there's there's still plenty of opportunity for that. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Chicago Blackhawks are on a four-game winning streak. They're four and two, uh, and a lot of things are kind of going right. Unfortunately for Preds fans, yeah, uh, you know, a big reason we talked about goaltending is being a reason that the Canucks were off to a bad start. Goaltending is off to is a definite reason the Blackhawks are off to a start as a uh, a solid start this year. They got Alex Stalock, who of course had stints uh, kind of in a with a with multiple NHL teams, uh, but he found his way to Chicago and he is absolutely killing it right now. 938 save percentage, uh, one of the best among the you know, consistent starters in the NHL. So the Blackhawks, uh, you know, the good news for us is that, hey, remember, they were kind of supposed to tank, and now they're not. So maybe they'll mess out on uh, on Connor Bedard. Maybe, yeah. maybe they forgot that their this entire thing was to try to get a top draft pick. Yeah. We can yeah. hope, right? I mean see- – I still, I mean, there just are no words. It's the Chicago Blackhawks. My other one that I will say in the Western Conference that surprises me are the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, I thought we were supposed to be laughing at them. Like, weren't we supposed to, like, weren't they in a world of hurt because I could be their goaltender? And look at it. They're like six and two in right. the Pacific. So, yeah, the the Vegas Golden Knights are, you know, off to a good start. Aiden Hill, Logan Thompson are their goaltenders. They're doing really, really well. They weren't supposed to have goaltending. Um, they have had some easier games, off, you know, right out of the start. But they played Colorado and Calgary, kept those games close. So, like, 
what's happening with Vegas. Now, I think their their November December schedule is going to get a little bit harder, so we're going to really find out like is this fluke or is this for real? But the Vegas Vegas Golden Knights totally a surprise for me. And I will say this about the Vegas Golden Knights. I was like on their reverse retro. I was like, "Really, this is what you this is what you came up with?" Until I found out that bad boy glows in the dark. It does glow in the dark. Yeah. So now I'm like, Vegas, you are not at all what I've expected. And I'm delighted on so many levels. Kills me. Yeah. When they're doing their pregame, like jousting tournament or whatever (laughs) before the game, it's like just like some it's it feels like, you know, when you're watching a Vegas Golden Knights pregame, it feels like you're watching like one of those medieval time shows. Oh, with like the we, $50 plates of whole chicken or whatever like that. We did that on my honeymoon. <laughs> you did that on your honeymoon. We did. We went to Vegas. We went to Excalibur. Okay, and the, it was at Vegas. It was, yeah, it was Excalibur. And my husband, we didn't think it through. My husband is horribly, he has just terrible allergies. So we got halfway through the jousting thing and his eyes swelled shut and we had to leave. But it was a good time. <laughs> It was, it was a good job. Allergic <laughs> reaction, which I'm sure is how every Vegas story uh, that anybody has ever yes. told. Um, yes. Yeah. Can I can I offer a hot take there, Ann? Please. I don't think the Vegas Golden Knights were that big of a surprise. Really? I think they had a. I mean, look, they were completely undone by injuries last year, or else they yeah. probably would have been financial team. They they have Jack Eichel. Uh, who's, you know, as we know, is one of the best uh, centers in the NHL. Uh, they still have pretty much the entirety of their, like, second line. You know, the William Carlson, Riley yeah. Smith, uh, Jonathan Marcheseau combo, which has gotten them a lot of success over the years. And, you know, I like Logan Thompson as a goaltender. He seems to kind of be uh, becoming, like, the next big thing in Vegas and as you mentioned, Aiden Hill has been a, a very solid, capable backup. And it seems like we're kind of, uh, it seems like we might have found a trend during this. If you have good goaltending, you can get yes. a hold of a lot. <laughs> that is for sure. And hopefully the Predators are going to fall into that category as UC Soros gets warmed up. And, you know, we've got Kevin Lincoln. So it's bound to turn around Nashville like is going to be the next time we do a surprise in the Western conference, it's going to be Nashville because look at how they've turned it around now that their goaltenders are hot. Yeah. Uh, Right. We hope it's coming sooner rather than later. (laughs) Right. Uh, So, so now listeners, we want to hear your takes. Uh, Hit us up on Twitter or comment on this YouTube video. Let us know who you think is a surprise in the Western Conference this year, either a team or a player, and tell us why. Uh, We love hearing from you. And where can the people find your work online? You can find my work at InsideThePreds.com, and you can find me on Twitter at A-N-K underscore Mama on Ice. I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me at onthefourcheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. Uh, be sure you're also following our Twitter page, LO underscore Predators. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button and the bell notification. That way you'll be the first to know when we got new videos out. And if you're watching or listening to this with your headphones, on your morning drive, whatever, Whatever platform you're listening to us on, be sure to subscribe to us there and drop us a rating 
if you want. Really helps us out. Really helps uh, other Preds fans like yourself find this content. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back tomorrow with an all-new episode. We'll see you then.